knock on wood, I've been here 30 years. I've made every money every year except for 2008 when nobody in the industry made money. That was the voice of owner-operator of the year, Glenn Horak, based in Elkland, Missouri, and so named in Overdrive's co-production program with the Truckload Carriers Association at the big event back in March in Las Vegas. Horak teams with his wife, Carla Horak, a hauling partnership whose in-cab portion, at least, started during that tough time that Glenn mentioned up at the top, the depths of the Great Recession. Running team in the aftermath, as you'll hear in this part one of two featuring my June 2022 conversations with the Horex, they came out from under debt, taken on as freight fell off quite quickly, a testament to the owner's ability to adjust their reefer hauling operation alongside three decade partners in Prime Inc. out of Springfield, Missouri, where Horax still leased to this day. I'm Todd Dills, you're, as usual, your host for this edition of Overdrive Radio, and today we'll explore the Horax partnership forged in cab, as well as some of Glenn's history trucking alongside his family life. You know, I have people tell me all the time, why do you lease a truck? Why do you lease it? Because we put so many miles on it. By the time I get it paid for, it's wore out. We'll hear about a per-mile savings set-aside strategy Glenn's developed over the years to guard against the potential for unforeseen repairs and other necessary outlays which usually is anywhere from 5 to 750 a week, usually. About Carla's experience training under her husband before fully taking the wheel herself. If I had a, a tire thumper, <laughs> I would thump him a few times, but... And about white-out, white-knuckle blizzard conditions in Nebraska. All of us in a row were just rocking back and forth, so thankfully wow. none of us tipped over to hit the other one. But that's been my scariest time out here so far. The very fact that the pair are well on their way toward retirement looking out several years is remarkable in itself. Given last year, owner-operator Glenn Horak suffered a heart attack that put him off the road for nearly six months. Coming back in, he ordered a brand new 2022 Peterbilt 579 to lease as what he's saying will be his next to last truck. That process started in October of 2021. He hauled in a loaner truck from Prime until he finally took delivery of the rig in May of this year. On the other side of a quick break, we'll drop right into June 2022 in my long conversation with both Glenn and Carla. Here we go. We stay pretty busy. But we've been just running the system, you know, everywhere. We were on a dedicated for five years from Southwest Florida, Northwest Canada. Okay. And uh, the Canadian customers kind of fizzled out. So when we just went back to running the system, their economy was actually worse than ours is. Flowers, because that's what we hauled was flowers up there out of Miami. And, uh, making the money you're probably not giving flowers we're doing pretty good for the most part but there's certain areas of the country's kind of dead right now like the northwest i've uh in the last two months i've been up there to between salt lake or, or washington five or six times i had to deadhead all the way to california to get loaded 
this freight would get so slow up there. I think the I think the produce in the northwest has kind of been strange this year. You know, in the, in the spring, you usually hauling cherries and strawberries and yep. on, onions, and it just seems like they're not there this year. And I'm over here in the, on the east coast right now, and they say it's kind of slow here right now too. Which usually right now is about when it does start slowing down for Fourth of July. Everything kind of dies off till after the fourth, and then produce usually goes good the rest of the year. We do a lot of pharmaceutical stuff. It just pays outrageous money, and it don't weigh nothing. A good fuel mileage out of that too. Yep, great, great <laughs> fuel mileage. I mean, some of that pharmaceutical stuff is one box, yeah, whole trailer. Because <laughs> they'll only put so much value-wise in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have the same dispatcher all the time. He works Monday through Friday, six to six, basically. And probably one weekend a month, and then we have fill-in dispatchers when he's not there. But we usually have all our stuff taken care of before he goes home. And, uh, yeah, they, like I said, he's my partner. He's not my, I ain't his boss, he ain't my boss. We work together. Yeah. And uh, if I don't make no money, he don't make no money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it well, works out real well with having the same one all the time. What is his name, and how long have you been working with him in particular? It is Jeff Alley, and he's been my dispatcher. Carla, when do we get Jeff? Remember, you remember how long we've had Jeff? Uh, at least five or six years, I believe. I had uh, the dispatcher before him. I had for seventeen years, and she just moved up to a different position in the company. It was Trish Brewer? Well, she teaches what they call an ACE2 class, which is helps people transition from company driver into lease. Pretty much teaches them how to, you know, read their settlements and uh, basically just run their business. It's pretty much a business class. Right. She does that Monday through Friday. And I guess she does a lot of special projects too. Yeah. Do you get involved in, in those kinds of classes? Um do they do they kind of lean on any of their experienced um, owners um, for that? Uh not for the classes, not too much. Yeah. Because I mean, she used to refer people to me all the time to help them, you know, transition mm-hmm. and and to help them out. If they, you know, if they were have, struggling running their business and stuff, I helped quite a few people over the years. That she, you know, she call me in and say, can you talk to this guy? He's having a tough time trying to make things work. And yeah, we, we mentored quite a few drivers over the years when okay. I was on her board. Knock on wood. I've been here 30 years. I've made every money every year, except for 2008 when nobody in the industry made money. We, we really didn't take a loss, but it wasn't pretty. I actually put a lot of fuel on credit cards that year. That's when Carla came out with that after that year, that's when Carla came to work and we got everything paid off and back on track. How was the transition for Carla? Um, was this, was it the first time she had, uh, come out on the road as a, as with the CDL? Yes. Yeah. yeah I trained her. Yeah. She, she was working at Macy's before that. Working at Macy's raising kids. How many children do you have? I got two, a boy and a girl. 
My son is, he works for Mercy Hospitals in their IT department. And my daughter works for Peterbilt there in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, my son, he he lives with his girlfriend there. They bought a house together and stuff, and they've been together quite a while, so I don't see. Ain't neither one of them in a hurry to get married if things working like they are, so. And my daughter's a single mother. she got two biological kids and three adopted kids. So yeah, they, she was married, and it was a bad issue, so. Okay. Now she's a single parent. Do you do you guys um, spend spend a fair amount of time with those grandkids? I imagine when you're home. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. I I hear it from my kids all the time. Well, oh, why didn't you spend money like that on us when we were kids? Well, I didn't have it when you were kids. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back to that other time when money was in short supply, the 2008 year owner operator Horak mentioned earlier. Well. Glenn's longtime life and now driving partner then told her story of joining Glenn on the truck around the time. Partnership between the pair as it extended into the professional realm with their trucking business and into the cab was sold in part by Glenn as a way the two could see some of the country together. Most places for the first time, if not for Glenn himself. That sales pitch, though, didn't always work out as advertised as husband and wife hauled to erase debt taken on during the financial crisis of the Great Recession. And remember, Carla Horak was working at Macy's immediately before she went out with Glenn to train and get her CDL, but this wouldn't be the very first time, anyway, that she piloted a large vehicle. Well, before I went to Macy's, I drove a school bus for a couple years. Okay. And uh, I uh, got fired for that job because the kids didn't like having to follow my rules and sit out and behave themselves. But uh, if you talk to a couple of the boys in the shop that rode my bus, they said, man, we liked you the best. So <laughs> go figure. But uh, yeah, when I quit there, then I went to Macy's. And I think I was there for eight or nine years. It was fun trying to, to follow his directions. <laughs> Such as out on the training pad, he was trying to teach me how to back and his terminology and my terminology don't match. His come around with the steering wheel is like, no, I turn left or right. I don't know what come around means. That's, you know, right. I wasn't, I wasn't out here. I mean, I'd come out with them a couple of weeks, different times. You know, mom would stay with the kids and I'd come out with him for a week or so. Right. And the one year I went out with him, he had a, the dog house still. He had a, oh, that was absolutely horrible. I, no air ride seats. Um, I, I mainly sat up on the doghouse because it was more comfortable to sit in the passenger seat. And I said, no, not till you get a different truck. Hauling in that cab over at the time, for Glenn, it marked his brief turn from Prime in his early days there to Dart Transit out of Egan, Minnesota. which didn't last very long at all before he was back leased to the Springfield, Missouri headquarter fleet. Carla remembers that cab over well. Right. He didn't realize until he took a shower. I had a humongous bruise on my leg. And he said, what's that for? I said, I told you the door handle keeps hitting. He reached over there and yanked that door handle off and turned it around and slapped it back on and <clears throat> tried to put a towel on it to keep, but it didn't help because even the front of my knees were hitting the front because there's, with no air ride, you're stationary and you'd hit the bumps and your knees would hit the dash. And it was, it was much nicer with his later trucks. <laughs> yeah. When the kids, when the kids were born, um, they were still little. When he started Prime, I want to say Ashley was in kindergarten, maybe kindergarten or first grade, one of the two. 
And they each went out on the road with them. So with my son and scouts, uh, he got to get all his little patches from all the states. And my daughter stayed out with him and she had a good time. He took her to the beach and Six Flags in Texas. And so they got to have a good time when they went out with dad. Then they got older and got into sports and stuff. And that kind of stopped. But uh, it was it was definitely different. (laughs) Carla would eventually become close friends with Glenn's second primary dispatch partner at Prime, Trish Brewer. When the prior dispatch partner moved on and Brewer took over the reins. And I was still working at home then. So it was while I was still at Macy's and stuff because Trish and I'd go out for lunch or dinner and I'm like, I got it. Glenn's paying for it. And we just tell Glenn and he'd just start laughing. You know, you're paying for dinner. (laughs) Trish and I are having a good time, you know, (laughs) but uh, so, so we were friends before we even started going out on the truck and yeah, Yeah. we had Trish for a while. So she'd call him up when she's having a hard time with the driver and you could tell that she was trying to calm down because she'd actually talked to him for over half an hour better and leave everybody else on hold. But she'd calm down and, okay, take off. And like she was talking to her big brother. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Jeff, and we're still training him, but he's getting better. <laughs> he's getting better. My family has traveled always. Yeah. Um, we had a camper. We'd, we'd, we'd go all over. So I was used to being out on the road or going camping and yeah. you know whatever. So basically, it was kind of like that. But back then... I didn't cook on the truck or anything. That wasn't until later, but you know, it was the point where when I was training, um, we'd be at the very back of the lot and run to the bathroom way up at the front. He was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work because we've got to get park close to Parker because he didn't like me walking. He'd, I'd have to wake him up to go up to the bathroom and stuff. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a transition. The, the truck was actually, you know, still big enough to where it was like being in the camper when we travel with my, when I travel with my parents and stuff. So that wasn't, it was the the bad part about it was is when I was training, um, he had a hazmat license then, and since I still didn't, I was still with my trainer's license, I didn't have that, so I would have to sit up front and twiddle my thumbs and be bored to death while he ran the hazmat loads because I couldn't drive. Yeah. If it was a regular load, I could drive, but without having my hazmat part of my license, I couldn't, and that's boring as can be, yeah. especially if you're used to, tra- you know. And I've told him, I said, well, I want to go see this one. We're not allowed to. What do you mean? You got to go see it. Well, that was when trucks were allowed to. Now trucks aren't allowed to go see it. And I'm like, well, that really sucks, you know, because he's got to go to Mount Rushmore and different ones. And I still have got, I mean, I finally got to see the Hoover Dam because we broke down in uh, Vegas or we broke down and I broke down in Cali and they had the closest place was Vegas. They towed us to Vegas and we were there for a week and we got a rental car and I actually got to go see the Hoover Dam. So I'm like, Hey, look, I finally got to see it because you're up on a bridge. And the only thing you see are the lights. Um, I know friends of ours have gone to see Mount Rushmore, but they're bobtail. We're never bobtail. We're always under a load. So it's not, you can't take a trailer anywhere. I'm like, I want to go see some of the places you got to see that I've not got to see. (laughs) I see the highway. They weren't boring. Um, there are a few passes that we take from uh, Phoenix. Is it out of Phoenix that we go north where the Wilsons, the arch in the road, the Wilsons arch, what they see going up? We're in the two-lane road going north of Moab, um, going through. And, you know, that that's really pretty. Yeah. Um, right, you know, right. I've got to, you know, stay off the highway when they give you all these little bitty towns and they're not made for 53-foot trailers. and. It's yeah. like, it's fun. 
but yeah, great. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too hard to transition. It's just every now and then, as we've been in here longer, if I had a, a tire thumper, <laughs> I would thump him a few times, but uh, it's not too bad. We came in one time after, and we stay out longer, you know, because the kids are grown and stuff. And that's when he finally said, the kids are grown. They got a job. You're coming out with me. I can't sleep behind the students anymore. I can't do it. There's a lot of people that come in business that have never been away from home in their life. And most of them don't work out real well. Glenn at the time had been teaming with drivers relatively new to Prime. CDL holders he was tasked with helping learn the ropes of the company. And over time it just got to the point that his comfort level with yielding control of the truck was just too much. He can't, even when I would pick him up at the yard, he'd make me drive home. And we just live 30 miles up from Springfield, from the yard there. Right. And he'd be sound asleep before I even crossed over 44. And I'm like, really? You know? And then when I started driving, he'd still make me drive. And I'm like, wait a minute. I drive now, too. I want to sit in the passenger seat every now and then. <laughs> but uh, it, that, was, that was when he said, you know, I can't, I can't do it anymore. You got you to gotta go out with me. So yeah. we'd been out for a while, and it, it was to the point where it's just like, okay. We came home, and um, we were fighting about something. And I went back and took off the lock. And then the, the guy said, well, you didn't have the lock on. I said, I just went back and took it off. Here it is in my hand. And he was like, don't be yelling. I'm like, well, he's an idiot. You know, I can't help it that we just went, you know, and he's done and they were saying, they called Trish on us. And Trish is like, who? Oh, never mind. That's a husband and wife team. Just leave him alone. Same thing out on the training pad when he's trying to teach me to back and he was yelling and screaming at me. And I was yelling and screaming at him back. And I said, yeah, you don't like it because your other students couldn't do that. I can. And and Trish got the call and she started laughing. She's like, they're married. It's okay. Just, just <laughs> ignore it. <laughs> and then she called Glenn and say, you really have to behave yourself better. <laughs> scariest time I guess I've had at all is we're going through Nebraska and all of a sudden we had whiteout conditions and I was driving and I missed my turn so I had to go down the road and turn around and come back and by then when we got that way we were following behind the plow trucks taking us into this little parking lot okay. and I couldn't see anything and he's like well let's go in and eat so I just held on him and went in when we came back out he's like okay I said how do I find the truck he said just walk here and go straight so I walked walk straight it's literally blinding conditions, winds blowing, you can't literally see anything. I came up to a trailer, I walked up and down the trailer, saw it wasn't ours, so I went to the back of the trailer, went to the next one, and got to the middle, found it was ours, and went to the front to, to get in. We got up the next morning, there wasn't snow anywhere. And I'm like, how is this possible? The wind was blowing so hard. I mean, you were literally, all of us in a row were just rocking back and forth, so thank wow. goodness none of us tipped over to hit the other one. But that's been my scariest time out here so far. Before Carla went out hauling, she remembers her involvement in the business as handling pretty much everything as it relates to bookkeeping for tax and other purposes amid household work, work at Macy's, and elsewhere. She took care of payments needing to be made, not Glenn's truck payments, as throughout his career he's taken care of those through settlement deductions, always under a lease and on a quick trade cycle aimed in part at being under warranty and minimizing maintenance outlays. It's a strategy that's worked for him, as he describes here. Well, we lease our trucks, and it's 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 basically a three-year lease, but with the miles we put on them, we've been trading every two years. We get rid of them before the warranty runs out. 
Is that the same strategy you've had in place when you were solo back then? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we. I, I mean, I did the full terms on the leases and because I didn't run the miles. But and my last truck, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna write a check for. Yeah. And then we'll slow down and he'll probably go home and I'll just work when I want to then. It's just that, you know, I have people tell me all the time, why do you lease a truck? Why do you lease it? Because we put so many miles on it. By the time I get it paid for, it's wore out. Plus, with a lease, I drive a new truck all the time. You avoid the maintenance headaches, right? Right. I mean, basically, with, with our lease, it's pretty much a bumper to bumper warranty except for wear items, just like, you know, anything would be. You know, I take care of oil changes and that kind of maintenance and any kind of thing that is just a wear item. But other than that, all the major components are covered. So you're buying tires and tires, brakes, glass. Yeah. Basically, anything that costs me under $500, I pay for out of pocket. And then I've got a maintenance fund too, and I've got an emergency fund set aside. So. Yeah. Have you built that? Been able to build that emergency fund back up after your your heart attack and the time away from the road? No, not really. Actually, I haven't even started it yet because I figured I'd get the first. I'd, I'd go to the end of the year and then I'll start it up again. Right. I figured. What it, I mean, I've got personal emergency fund in my own bank, but yeah, I got one that I keep it prime that I put so much a week in usually, and yeah. that way easier to get repairs done and just they can send them the money and everything that's that's the, and that's the one you haven't really uh you haven't started contributing to again since you were down right right yeah. right yeah. yeah like i said i've had you know trucks a new truck pretty much everything's going to be covered right now i'm not going right. to need tires in the first six months or nothing right so january 1st i'll probably start it back up just trying to get back on our feet still. I mean, we're, yeah. we're we're in good shape, but I just like to have a certain amount set aside that I don't have to worry about. That do you have got a, us through the last time. Do you have a formula for um, uh, for how much you do put aside when you when you're doing that? Um, I usually I usually put twelve cents a mile, which usually is anywhere from five to seven fifty a week usually. And the reason I do the mileage part is that way if I'm not working, you know, if I'm having a short week where I'm, you know, ain't running a lot of miles and they ain't taking, they ain't putting a lot in there. So, yeah. Why 12 cents? Why do, how did you arrive at that, at that figure? I just picked it out of thin air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Originally, the first one I ever done, I started at 15 cents. And that was a little high. For some weeks that I don't, don't need to put that much in there. Right. So I, and then I'd went to 10 and uh, now nah, let's go back to 12 and we've been there ever since. You kind of found that, like it, that sort of sweet like spot. Balance. Yeah. yeah. Balance between, you know, the uh, money you need right now for the everything going on at home and for the, for the truck itself yep. and for the yeah, versus setting aside for for the future. It's it's basically about thirty thousand dollars a year that I put in there when it's. Yeah. 
my truck you're in right now is a twenty. Is it twenty twenty two or twenty three? Twenty two. Yeah, that wouldn't be. I don't know how they. Tire. I don't know how they do that because there's guys that have got trucks before I got mine. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. Right. Mine's a twenty twenty two, but mine was built back in September and sat on the lot all the way up till I got it in May because they're missing three parts of it. Sensor for the dash. Okay. Uh, a computer or a DCM. And I forget what the other one was, but it was it was some kind of sensor too. I mean, yeah, basically, so it's... computer computer parts or sensors. Yeah, it's it's a classic nine ultra loft. It's a eighty inch sleeper. This twenty twenty two five seventy nine won't be his last, but his next to last truck, provided the plans Glenn mentioned there come to fruition. The next one he'll buy outright in one fell swoop and ride out to retirement. Though the Horax have been through a lot the last couple of years, it's clear they're on a mission. Next week, we'll pick back up with Glenn to hear his advice for those new to the trucking business with a mind toward building a business themselves, whether buying outright, leasing, or a combination. Here's a bit of a preview. And I have never had any desire to have more than one truck. Yeah. Be because it, nobody takes care of your equipment like you take care of your equipment. And a big thanks to Glenn and Carla Horak for their time. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter and Overdrive contributor Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Wemmick, Terry Tipsocks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Mr. Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Colt, social media coordinator, Holly Young, and executive editor, Alex Locke. See you next time.